Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Hello, and welcome to Book Talk with Kara. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to all of these lovely ladies who are part of the Lisa Phillips Last Chance team with Sunrise Publishing. And I'm going to give them all just a few moments to introduce themselves because I'm going to screw it up, but they are amazing. And Lisa, I'm going to start with you. Mm -hmm. um, my listeners have had a chance to meet you before, and you're the brainchild behind this series. So maybe you could start by just refreshing memories on who you are and why you decided you wanted to write this series, and then we'll launch to the next person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Lisa Phillips. Um, I have written a lot of books, and most of them are uh, Christian romantic suspense, and then I've written a couple of thrillers, and then I also write for love-inspired suspense. Um, and the original 10-book Last Chance County series um, was probably one of my favorite series to write. And it really gave me a chance to kind of explore who I am as a writer um, and then getting the chance to revisit that with the Sunrise series and then bring in all new characters, all new team um, was, you know, a dream. And then now it's, you know, it's reality. Now the books are going to start coming out pretty soon. So, yeah. Well, and what I love about this one is you're writing the first one. And that's kind mm -hmm. of a different twist from some of the other Sunrise series where, authors are coming in and they're taking the lead author series and secondary characters and creating something. You're actually launching this one. So why twist that up? Because that's kind of a, a fun differentiator between this series and others. Yeah. Um, so there's another series also where Trisha Goyer is where she wrote the first one. And then so she actually came before me. So I was like, oh, well, of course, I'll write the first one. <laughs> so I kind of didn't know it wasn't a thing. Um, but I also, you know, I love these characters so much that it was just so fun to, you know, write a book for the series and be part of it and then help you know, I figured it kind of help it launch um, out there if I get to push the first one um, because it's me. And so, yeah. That's so much fun. Now, Megan, you've had a couple of books come out real quickly. And then now you're doing this one with Lisa. Tell us a little bit about what you've done and why you decided this was a series you wanted to be part of. Um, I want, I just like to write. So I wanted to try something else too. And suspense always, um, I loved suspense TV shows, but then I was like, I can't write that. So I thought if I had a mentor um, could help me along, that would be really helpful. So that's why I wanted to do this. That's awesome. Cause you've written historical for love inspired and then you've done a novella. So this is a little bit different. Um, now there's probably a body count and that's not normal necessarily <laughs> in a historical or a novella. So has it, how has it been different or what's kind of surprised you about writing suspense compared to your other works? Uh, suspense, you have another layer of storyline to add to it. You have the mystery and the suspense part. And so that doesn't always come naturally uh, to me. So that was the most challenging part to think like a bad guy and dead bodies being everywhere that that was okay. So I had to get used to that. Yeah. And I'm always like, ooh, 
the actions died. It's time to kill somebody. <laughs> yes. again. But not every, it's always like, oh yeah, not everybody thinks that way. Okay. Um, it's a little weird to me, but it, it's you know, <laughs> nice. people don't just want to like blow stuff up all the time. I don't I understand. Know. This Come entire up story. I read romance and I'm like, all they did was talk to each other the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> there exactly. Were no explosions. And, and that's okay, but let's get some action going. So Emily, you've written a lot of different things and um, kind of all over the place. So tell us a little bit more about the types of books you've written, because you've written under a pen name, now you're writing under your name, and now you're writing in this series as well. So tell us a little bit about what you've written and why this series. Uh, yeah, so I love all different genres, a lot like Megan, I just love to write. So um, I think one of my big passions is YA science fiction fantasy, but I started out writing romantic suspense and I just didn't see any traction at the time. So I decided to self-publish under a pen name. I just said sweet romance because I wanted to write some Christmas stories. So I did that. And then I saw Lisa's opportunity on sunrise come up and I had a few friends just really encourage me and my writer's group. They're like, just go for it and see what happens. And it worked out. And I've had such a blast. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. Because when I think of your writing, I think of you and I think of the fantasy. Because mm -hmm. I, I knew that that was something that was kind of a passion, something you were pursuing. And then there were the sweet Christmas. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? And I, I think it's so great because my story is something similar to that. I thought I would write legal suspense because I'm an attorney and then there wasn't any traction. So I went and wrote another passion of mine. And now I get to do both, which is so much fun. But sometimes you kind of have to take a little while to get to what you originally thought you were going to write. So what's coming out too that, will yeah. that are not in the suspense genre. So I'm just going to do it all. There you go. <laughs> Going to do it all. Uh, so what surprised you the most about getting to come back and write suspense? Was there something that you were like, oh, I hadn't realized I needed to do this? Or was it more of a, oh, I got to come home? Um, I, I would think coming home is really a good way to put it. Um, uh, there was one comment, speaking of dead bodies and gunshots and things, where I noticed in my edits from Lisa initially, it was just like, yeah, yeah, ooh, more gunshots. Yeah, like every time I had something crazy happening, she was just like, I'm there for it. And that was really encouraging because I just, I like a lot of high intensity action, um, which is sometimes harder to do with romance. So you really have to find that balance. So um, yeah. writing with Lisa is like just really fun. And I think we were like on the same kind of mindset. So I think that that surprised me actually at how easy it was. Oh, not like it was easy to write it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just easy to like connect and go back and forth and things like that. That's awesome. Cause yeah, it's not, you've got mail. It's not this sweet little, <laughs> the, the tension is all, you know, in the business realm. Yeah, absolutely. So Laura, congratulations, because this is your first book. Yay! Thank you. Yes. So tell us, how did you decide that you wanted to become a writer? So I've always loved writing. Growing up, I could never get away um, from a book and from a piece of paper and a pen. Um, and so I actually went to college for writing and library science. Um, and I actually just graduated from college three years ago. Um, so I feel like I'm still very new to all of this, um, but knew that I wanted to continue pursuing writing, saw Lisa, Elisa's um, season come up and thought, why not give it a chance and see what happens? And then here I am. 
That's awesome. So when you were thinking about the type of books you wanted to write, was romantic suspense or heavy on the suspense kind of your sweet spot? Is that where you gravitate toward when you're reading? Or was it more of this is an opportunity, let's see what's hap what, what happens with it? Yeah, so I've always loved suspense. I, as a kid, I wanted to be Nancy Drew um, and like love solving mysteries. Yeah. And so that has always enticed me. I did try dabbling thing uh, in contemporary romance for a little bit, um, but just felt like I couldn't keep the story moving because there wasn't enough action or suspense for me. Um, and so decided that this would be the route I wanted to take. That's awesome. So when you guys were coming together, how did you decide where you were going to take this series? Because my understanding, and maybe it wasn't with the series, and y'all can educate me on it, but normally it seems like when Sunrise is putting together a series, it tends to be pretty connected, that there's a lot of thought and intentionality into how the books are going to come out, how they're going to be connected between characters and, and things like that. Um, so how did that all come together? Lisa, did you get them all in a room and say, this is what we're going to do? Or how did you come up with kind of the plan? Mm -hmm. um, so in our original live stream, um, when I was talking to Susie about what I was looking for and um, the kinds of characters that people could choose from, um, I had mentioned the fire department. And then between that and looking at all our submissions, because we get, you know, first round and then we get first chapter from 10 authors. And then from that, we really pulled um, stories that could be cohesive with a series so that it had real clear branding. Um, and then, you know, it it relates to the original series, but it's very much its own thing. So a reader can jump into this knowing nothing about Last Chance County. And then, you know, if they want to go back and explore the original series, then they can do that. But, and so, you know, just in terms of marketing, in terms of branding, in terms of cohesion to go, okay, so we've got, you know, an EMT, the fire chief, um, my guys, the liaison, um, Emily's girls going for, to be a fire writer in her book and so um you know it gives us like different characters to pull from and then we front loaded it with enough that we can actually do another series potentially in the future um so we kind of purposely um decided fire department and then you know when we knew initially that we were going to do fire department then it was like okay who's you know we've got just like Chicago fire we've got our truck and our um engine and our rescue squad and so um you know how many okay they both got a lieutenant okay they've got how many firefighters now we've got two EMTs and so like um who our characters are and then filling in the gaps of other characters and just created like a almost like a hierarchy like a personnel kind of thing mm -hmm. for the fire department so that we knew who was who um because these are the people they walk past in the hallway at work <laughs> you know and then so we've established those as characters so we have secondary characters that are incredibly well thought out and I think that really shines through in the books just the community that we created and how they all tie together so yeah and I bet that's going to make it feel very rich for the readers mm -hmm. because it is very small and very intimate for 
um, a community like that, because it's really like a community inside a building yeah. and inside a couple of vehicles. And so I could see where that, that would be really important. So Emily, how did you decide which character and which direction you were going to take your story? I'm trying to think back. Um, I just remember because I listened to the live, like Lisa said, and I just had this idea of this um, EMT who really like her desire was to be a firefighter. I hadn't really fleshed it out yet, but um, when I brought in the other element of my other character, Jude, who's ATF, because they have to like connect. I think initially I had him be in witness protector. He was like in witness protection, but we switched it to ATF. Um, I think I just started to see this correlation between them and I started to realize, oh, they actually have a history and all these things started to kind of like line up basically. But uh, you know, I will say that I brought one premise to our brainstorming retreat and it was kind of thrown out <laughs> <in a good laughs> way, like it had to be, we just, things shifted. And so on the spot and because Susie and Lisa are brilliant, uh, we were all able to kind of just recreate kind of a, a new direction. So the characters really remained the same motivation was the same, but kind of like how things worked out shifted. And I love it. I'm super happy that we switched it. So <laughs> it worked out. And Megan, how about you? Because that you're coming up with an idea for the audition that then, I, like Emily said, sometimes it gets shifted and it adjusts and things like that. But you've got to come to the audition with a pretty robust idea of here's where I want to go. Here's who the characters are. Here's how they're going to fit into this world. So how did you come up with that? Um, I came up with an idea and then we pitched it and then you get to the um, retreat and things just has to shift and I think it was really good to go okay whatever needs to get done that's okay I'm okay with that and now I kept the um, fire chief being heroine as she was an army veteran and a counselor I took the counselor from um, Lisa series it was a new uh, counseling center that was going to be done and so I had brought that there and so anyway that's what I got. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's often how it happens in a book. You know, you get an idea and then you start writing or you start talking with other people and you're like, oh, that was a good start. But now we got to shift and we got to tweak and we got to, and especially when you're writing with other people, it's just, it's very different. You've got to be able to adjust and to shift to figure out what's going to work right for the series or the collection. So Laura, how about you? What was it that gave you that initial spark and that initial idea that made you just go, this is it. This is what I'm going to write about and what I'm going to audition on. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to do an EMT. Um, and like Megan, I also brought um, in the Ridgeman Center uh, from Jean Cartwell, which was part of Lisa's original series. Uh, so I have Kelsey as a counselor there. But then this whole like, what if component of if um, you fell in love with your best friend's um, husband and their deceased wife was no longer in the picture, like what would that even look like? Um, and so this just like idea of like, could you even fall in love with someone after your best friend just died and they were married? Um, what would that look like? And so just kind of rolled with that and Lisa and Susie took it and we're like all right let's tweak this let's do this and it I love how it turned out that's so fun so what was the most challenging part of working together because the three of you are working with a superstar Lisa Phillips and she's mentoring you which had to be amazing because she's really, really good. And I've seen this just being on Discord with her for another series. She's really into how can I help other authors, which is her secret sauce, I think. But what was that like 
Lisa, close your ears. You're not going to hear this now. Uh, so, <laughs> so Emily, what was it like to step into that? Having written some books and having kind of established this is how I write, what was it like to come in and have both Susie and Lisa really pouring into you? It was awesome. And I keep going back to that initial planning um, retreat that we had, because really that's where I think initially the magic happened because we're all in the same room. We're all talking about the same characters and you get that energy from everybody. Of course, like, you know, Susie and Lisa are there too. And they're kind of at the forefront of it all, I guess you could say. But um, that was really fun. Plus, I just think that like Lisa and I have a similar mentality when it comes to things. And so it was easy to like bounce ideas back and forth. And I never felt like I couldn't suggest something or push back on something if I didn't feel like it was true to who my characters were. So to me, it was really important to know ahead of time going in, this is who I see my characters as being and how they're going to act and what's going to happen. But like Megan said, opening it up to be like, there's other people though, who can see in that I can't. So wanting to like really just learn and to grow because I might've put books out before, but that doesn't mean I can't learn because there's so much, <laughs> so much that I can learn. So I feel like that was probably one of the best things is just connecting with them and seeing just like how we all mesh together. It was so cool. And that teachability is so critical. And one of the things I love about writing, none of us can ever fully arrive. If we're really honest about it, we can always grow and learn as writers. And Laura, you're kind of at the other extreme of this because you have a lot of book knowledge having gotten your degree in this, but it's your first book that you've outside of class written. So what was it like walking into this space where you've got Susie with a gazillion books and Lisa with another, not quite a gazillion, but a mazillion, <laughs> I'm creating words left and right. What was it like walking into that space and being like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to give them ideas? Yeah, it was honestly a little intimidating at first because <laughs> I was like, do I actually know like what I'm doing? Because what you learn in college is sometimes a little different than the writer world and how you tie in emotions instead of just the plot of a story. Um, so I really just appreciated their input and their feedback. And I think it was just really sweet to see all of us come together and be able to throw out ideas for each other of like, hey, this could work. Or did you think about this? Um, it was really cool to see us come together like as a team with that. Um, and was just really excited to have their input because you said none of us have arrived yet. And I definitely just want to learn. Yeah, and I can say that as the college professor in the room, I, you know, I'm like, there's still, I've n I haven't arrived. There's so much, learning. I don't teach writing. I teach all the other things, but mm -hmm. you're still, you always have to have that willingness to learn, but oh my gosh, sitting with those two, I'm always like, teach me. I have so much to learn. Now, Megan, you're coming in having written historical and in other genres. And one thing I've learned is we can always bring things in from other genres to improve what we're writing. And so I like to listen to a lot of like historical novels. I'm listening to the cartographers right now, which is probably more Emily's speed because it's this fantastical weird stuff. But were you able to bring in some of those tools and those techniques into this series with its suspense? Did you feel like you were able to add some flavor and some layers that way? Okay, I did not hear you, I'm sorry. That's okay. 
So what does your writing day look like? We'll just switch and we'll go okay. straight to that one. What does a writing day look like? Because everybody's different. Well, about two, about two years ago, my kids were in school. And so I would write during the day. Well, then we decided to homeschool. And so now it's a little chaotic. It's um, whenever I can get time, whether that's at six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the evening, it's just when I have time. That's all I can describe it right now. Yeah, I know right now for me, it's 20 minute bursts. It's when I can grab a 20 minute burst and it's amazing how many words you can get written in 20 minutes. How about you, Laura? When do you, what does your writing look like? Do you get five hours and you get 500 beautiful words written? Or are you like, it's whenever I can find 10 minutes to get a few words cobbled together? Yeah, so I actually work part-time in a ministry role at my church um and so Fridays are my day off uh, which is fantastic having that flexibility and so I shut myself in my little hobbit hole as I call it and that's when I write uh so Fridays and Saturdays and then whenever else I can sneak in something here or there and Emily you are a creative all over the place you are an incredible photographer you create everything from stickers to t-shirts to blankets and then you write so how do you get all of those things done and then you're like a virtual assistant and I just do all the things how do you do it all uh sometimes I don't <laughs> uh, but I try uh so actually like today is a good example I woke up at six and I just that's got to be my my thing now it has to be because just with you know walking the dogs and things like I don't have kids but um I try to get in my writing in the mornings so writing and right now that looks like I'm writing actually like almost 5,000 words a day right now to get it to a deadline and then I'm working on edits um for another book and then I'm working on that edits for another book which I don't I don't recommend that but <laughs> I have to get through stuff um and then I try like around lunchtime but today it was more like three I like to switch to my design stuff so Right now, actually, my cover design business is really taking off. So that's kind of my focus is just getting through things like that, working with clients. Um, so if I can stick to that schedule Monday through Friday, if I get to an occasional Saturday, I sometimes like to fun write. So it sounds kind of silly, but you, I, for me, I have to schedule it in. And I, like you're saying, I actually do it in sprints. So I try to do about 15 minute sprints for as long as it's going to take me. And usually that's about two to two and a half hours for like 5,000 words or so. It just depends. Yeah. And Lisa, I think you just write in your sleep. <laughs> maybe, so you, maybe that's my secret. <laughs> how do you do it all? Cause you've got basically like this empire. You're like a, a little James Patterson. <laughs> I saw a years ago, I saw a review or it was a bio on Nora Roberts and it, it referred to her as being scarily prolific. And I was like, okay, there's something to achieve. Maybe somebody could say that about me. So um, it's probably true at this point. Um, so I built my indie um, empire, an empire now, <laughs> my indie empire, I've, since probably 2014, I think my first indie books came out around the same time as my lo first Love Inspired Suspense, um, and then built that 
up um, and my husband, I hired him out of his job August of 2021. So he's been my publishing director, CFO um, for over a year. And then a couple of weeks ago, I just hired an assistant and it is amazing. <laughs> um, so I have two staff members now um and you know you just you do what you can you schedule as much as you can I have things that have to get done on certain deadlines I have things that are I want to do it and so it's kind of on my radar but not necessarily scheduled um because I never liked failing to meet a deadline and so for a lot of years I had here's my calendar for the year and I had three schedules so one was my dream, this, there's no way I'm going to be able to actually achieve all this, but let's just write it down anyway, just for fun. And then a, another schedule that was like, somebody broke their leg, somebody was, you know, something else happened for two months. And so it's like the really reduced, like, here's the bare minimum. And then reality, I would literally write it in as I went along. And it was like the schedule that actually happened. And so just kind of floating between the, <laughs> I would really love to do all the things now and you know life happens and trying to fall somewhere in the middle and just make it like this is what's manageable and I think learning those things about yourself is just a lifelong journey there's seasons where you can write a lot there's seasons where it's just really hard um or you have to you know switch and do something else or you know all kinds of things so just you know know getting to know yourself and how you operate and what you need to be able to do what you need to do so yeah yeah and it's I think that seasonality is the thing that people often overlook and think if this is the schedule I have today this is the schedule I'm going to have for the rest of my life right and it just doesn't hold true because like Megan was talking about at one season her kids were in school and now they're homeschooling yeah. and those are two very different seasons yeah. I was homeschooling and now my kids are in school but now I'm working full-time instead of working part-time and you know it's just it's all very different and so being able mm -hmm. to go okay I need to work in sprints and that's okay. I can do that now because I know how fast I can write. And mm -hmm. I know I need this much time to research. And I know instead of just being able to kind of settle into that and go, it's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna make it all happen. Yeah. Um and so just kind of hitting that that kind of rhythm and kind of sinking into it. All right, here's a fun one. What's your favorite writing snack? Megan, writing snack. A hot sweet tea. Ooh, hot sweet tea. Do you have a favorite tea that you go to? Like my daughter, it's peach tea right now. I'm a big black tea fan. So the basic English teas or Lady Grey, I do yeah. like her that as well. So yeah. Lady Grey, Constant mm -hmm. Comet. I like Constant Comet a lot too. How about you, Emily? What's your go-to? Uh, it's hard because you can't really eat well in tights, but I do love popcorn anytime. Mm. I just, I'll eat popcorn and maybe that's like a break snack, you know, and then come back mm. to it and coffee. Oh. I mean, I don't coffee. know if that's, that's, that's essential. <laughs> yeah. I've got my latte right now. Uh, Laura, how about you? What do you like? Yeah, I feel like in between typing, I love sweet potato fries or chips, like anything sweet potato flavored. I just inhale. So Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't discover sweet potatoes until I was at Red Robin 
And my daughter had gotten the bottomless sweet potato yeah. fries. I was like, oh, I'll try oh. one. I don't know what, I think the Thanksgiving dish, you know, where everybody puts so much brown sugar and butter and ugh, it's too much. And I know everybody else loves it. Sorry to everybody's grandma who's <laughs> artery stopping things for forever. Uh, Lisa, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah. Um, chocolate covered honeycomb and I get it from world market. It's actually Australian, but I cannot for the life of me remember what the brand <laughs> is, but it's like little cubes of honeycomb covered in chocolate. Oh my gosh. I've never even heard of that, but that sounds amazing. So good. Yeah. My almonds sound very boring now. Like, <laughs> extremely boring. <laughs> But I'm with you. I'm like, I've got my water bottle and I usually have coffee or something. And then I just type and type and type. Yeah. Uh, what's your go-to when it comes to reading? Because I am a firm believer that writers have to be readers. And if we're not readers, we're not going to be growing. So what's like a go-to when you hit a like a writer's block or you're just like, I need a break from writing? Who's a go-to author for you? And Emily, I'll start with you because I know you read all the time. I do. I do a lot of audiobooks, honestly. That's kind of right now how I'm getting my reading. I do physical reading as well. But um, recently I've really been, now he's general market, so I will caveat that. Um, but Riley Sager or Sager, I'm not how to sure how to say his last name. He writes really, really lovely twisty suspense novels. And to me, there's something about when you're writing romantic suspense and reading something that's more just like straight thriller suspense. I like getting that. And I love the twist. And so if I can get an author that does a really good twist, I like trying to learn that because I just want to get something where you're just like, what? I feel like Baldacci does that as well, mm -hmm. or at least he has in the past. Um, and so I enjoy him as well. But yeah, I literally just finished reading, rereading a Randy Singer because my next legal thriller is a more traditional where it's going to be a courtroom driven one. And it was like, I need to go back and see what are the pivot points and how does he keep the tension going? And he's just, he's masterful at it. And I was telling my husband, because I was reading it on the Kindle, I, I took down the name of the author you were saying. And that's why I'm holding a post-it note and flashing it around on, on the video. But um, I was telling my husband, reading it on the Kindle was actually perfect because I could go at the 25% mark, mm -hmm. the pre-trial part started. And at the exact 50% mark, this happened. And it was, I was like, I need to do that with a couple more of his and Elisa Scudellini. And then there's another legal suspense author. Cause I'm like, and I was writing, there were post-it notes all over the house as I was like, oh, so these are the internal conflicts that were happening. And these were the, and I've done that multiple times with different books when I'm like, okay, why? Why is this a book I can't put down? Why is this an author that I think just is really exemplary at the craft? So Laura and Megan, I've now given you plenty of time to come up with examples for you. Laura, you're up next. All right. Um, I feel like it's a whole gamut of things I love to read. And so if I need like writing inspiration, I'll normally go for Danny Petrie or Lynette Eason um, just to get some of that suspense juice flowing. Um, and if I just need a break from writing, I love just going to nonfiction. Um, so anything from any topic, honestly, like whatever I feel like learning about in that season, I love just diving into that stuff too. That's awesome. I've got so many art forgery books right now. It's crazy. My friend who's really into Gallup Strengths is like, you are such an input because I don't just learn it. I learn it to regurgitate it and make it useful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why you write. And I'm like, 
oh, is that why? Okay, <laughs> let's get rid of this because I'm sick of all these books. Uh, Megan, now you have had plenty of time. I know, my brain is like <laughs> stopping. So I'm a mood reader. So if I get in a mood where I'm like, oh, I'm really craving just a sweet comedy or then I'll be in a mood where I want Regency or a suspense. And so I'm a big KU fan. Um, so I will like make lists. If I don't have this description right then, I will make lists like, oh, I want to read this book. And then I will just like read them in, you know, less than a day and then I'll move on and then I'll get back into my writing. So I am not very picky um, other than I don't like a lot of certain content in them. Um, but yeah, I read like whatever is in my mood. I know that's not a very good answer. Yeah. No, actually I can, I totally get that because if you were to look at like my Goodreads challenges from the last few years, and I know Emily's kind of the same way, you'll see 130 books that are in probably five genres plus yes. nonfiction. And in nonfiction, you'll see kind of the research books and you'll see the business books. And so it's kind of an interesting mix and people will be like, wow, you're really eclectic. And I'm like, yeah. I think how you described it is actually really good. It's like, no, I'm actually a mood reader today. Mm -hmm. I really need to laugh. So I want Melissa Tag or you know um, Jen Toronto or something. Lisa, how about you? What kind of a reader are you? Um, probably pretty eclectic as well. Um, I almost feel like my reading habits have like ADD or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to read um, Christian romantic suspense just in terms of like, it's more like market research. Like, what are you mm -hmm. doing that I can incorporate? What are your readers like about what you're doing? What are they not like about what you know? What can I take from it? Because rather than reading my re bad reviews, then I would read other people's bad reviews. But then I'm like, okay, what are your readers saying they like? And what are they saying they don't like? Um, and then just for fun, I actually read a lot of like thriller, supernatural, um, almost to like horror, because it's so complete opposite of what I write that it, you know, it helps me with tension. It helps. There's a lot of like mood and atmosphere in books like that. And so, you know, it just is the, almost like a palate cleanser for me. And it's just, it's like pure fun. Um, and then, you know, then I'll go to a like Susan May Warren romance <laughs> and then I'll go back to like general market thriller, uh, Mark Cameron has a series. He was a U.S. Marshal and he wrote a series about a U.S. Marshal and that he's in Alaska. And so just like the Alaska part and the, you know, I like to read, um, you know, you're writing about a federal agent and you used to be one. That's, mm -hmm. you know, just that you talk differently than I would talk if I was pretending I'd ever been a U.S. Marshal. Um, and so just to kind of like absorb those, because I'd rather absorb like, people that know what they're talking about <laughs> like reading a Susan yeah. Sleeman book because I know she took the FBI Citizens Academy yeah. that when she says something I'm like oh I need to write that down <laughs> if they're gonna take a laptop they need to image the laptop copy it and then they look at the copy and then I, yeah <laughs> and so I'm like absorbing all these things so um yeah so just for fun and then I do I do like um uh, reading nonfiction, what are you talking? Because I've done the Gallup Strengths also through um, Better Faster Academy, and so she talks about energy pennies, and I actually think I, um, because when you start a book, you don't know if you're gonna like it, so I feel like it costs me energy pennies to start a book, 
but it gives me energy to finish a good book. But then reading nonfiction always energizes me because I'm like learning something or, you know, and I'm like absorbing information. And so that helps me be better, which is, those are my top ones. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Cause like, I'm not a le learner's in my top 10, but inputs in my top five. Mm -hmm. And the difference is the input is you are learning for using it. Mm -hmm. And so that shows up in that. I have the stack of books that I've read on art history and art theft and art forgeries and all that. Cause it's showing up in like four of my books in the next two years. And so it's been kind of fun. Cause I'm like, I've always been interested but now it has a purpose. And so I'm like inhaling mm -hmm. all of these books. And so, it's yeah, just, yeah. I it's have funny. one called deliberative and it's basically like absorbing yeah. a bunch of information in order to make a decision. But when I make the decision, it looks like it's really fast, but it's actually been simmering for a while. And then I'm like, okay, go. So my friends are like, yeah. why did you just do that so fast? They're like freaking out. And I'm like, and like no, no. I'm thinking about this for like six months. And then I just <laughs> made the decision, but you only saw that part. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this has been so much fun, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. And Lisa, when does this series launch? Because it launches in January, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, January 31 is book one. Book two is March. Book three is April. And then you have to wait all the way until September. And that's book four. No, it's April, then May. April, May. Yeah. <laughs> okay, January 31, <laughs> yeah. April, May, and then September. So, and you know, part. it's all going to be great because yeah. these are Lisa Phillips and all of these amazing writers who are coming together to collaborate on this last chance continuation, but yet yeah, it's a continuation, but it's a brand new series as well. And so whether you've read Lisa's last chance series and you've been anxious for more books, or you just love romantic suspense a la Chicago Fire, you're going to want to check out this series. So thank you so much for being with me. And don't forget to check out this series. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com, and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 